Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Like even for example, like my grandma, she's like in her 80s and she's been on mm. like PPIs, which is to stop like heartburn and mm. like her whole life, but they don't they haven't been working for her or anything like that anymore. So it's like, okay, Graham, take this little piece of candy ginger and just have it before your meals and let me know if that helps your heartburn. And she hasn't had heartburn since. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. I had to start recording because that just, I, you were talking about naturopathic medicine and I was like, oh my God, I need to hear this. Yeah, um, that's insane. That's crazy. It's like the most simple things. People just like in today's world, like, okay, I need to just clarify this. And I know you might feel the same because like my boyfriend's always like Mimi, like you're so into like the natural way of doing things like functional medicine, naturopathic medicine. He's like, you're so against like Western medicine. And I'm like, listen, it has its place in this world and it's amazing. And it saved so many lives. And, you know, if I was in a big car crash, I want to be treated by Western medicine, you know, But there's so much about preventing disease and preventing all these huge health negative things that happen in our lives. Like these, you know, like any kind of disease or disorder, like there's so much that we can prevent with natural medicine. And it's like, why wait until you have the problem, right? So that's kind of my theory. What's your whole theory with like naturopathic medicine versus Western medicine? Honestly, I feel very similar about it like you do. Um... My whole thing is that we 100% need both. Like, I don't think there's one that's better than the other. I think that there's some conditions that are more easily treated and actually maintained with naturopathic medicine. And honestly, same thing with Western medicine. Like, if I have a broken leg, I'm going to go to my family doctor. I'm going to go to emergency. Wherever I go, like, I'm going to go see a Western medical doctor for that. But maybe to help with the healing process, I'm going to go see a naturopathic doctor. And they'll get me Mm. nice herbs and, like, give me some lifestyle tips that can help with the healing progress. And so it's just like little things like that where you can easily implement both into your life. And even with regards to like the preventative medicine thing, I'm a huge believer in that. Like I just think if we learn how to take care of ourselves before we have a disease or an illness, why would we not do that? You know what I mean? And naturopathic mm. doctors are just really well-versed in that scene and they know how to help people prevent a lot of diseases, or even if you have a chronic disease or something like that, at the end of the day, like there's only so much that Western medicine can do in regards to chronic disease. And there's a lot of things that we can do. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And we all, we all should seriously just make sure that we're, we're like really nurturing that mind and body connection. And I think that naturopathic medicine really is empowering for that. Like I think health is an all around type thing and it's not like you can spot reduce, right? It's not like you have an issue and that, that issue is just that issue. It's like an all around big thing. Like a few year or like a year and a half ago, I was having like chronic yeast infections. Like I know it sounds gross, but I was like, it was because I had a very huge gut 
bacteria imbalance going on. And that was actually affecting my like gut flora, which was in turn just giving me so much discomfort. And there was like a huge issue going on. And I tried to go to Western medicine doctors like for, for ages, I was constantly in the doctor's office. Um, and you know, they would give me these pills, these creams, these, this, like, like all these things. And yeah, temporarily it might help, but it's really just covering up the internal issue that I actually ended up going to a naturopathic doctor to get this gut test done. And it, once I actually figured out the core issue and like was taking these natural supplements, berberine and grapefruit seed extract pills to kill that bad bacteria in my gut, then all the other issues stopped happening. So it's like, you know, there are certain times where Yes, you can try both, but you know, a lot of the time for me in my experience, you know, western medicine is more of a cover up and that's just my opinion and I don't I'm not against it, but I'm not 100% for it only. And I know that you probably agree, but guys, I I need to I need to introduce you Lauren because oh. we've been going on for 4 minutes and we've been recording and I haven't even given you a proper introduction. Oh my gosh, don't worry. There's so much I could say to that too, but Ultimately, I agree with everything you're saying. And I don't think yeast infections are gross <laughs> because I. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Me neither. I talk about it to billions of people. So, <laughs> so guys, today I have Lauren here with me. Uh, we've been following each other on Instagram for a while now. She has an amazing health page. She is, as you've probably heard, um, a, naturopath- a naturopathic medical student. So she's all about that healthy, natural lifestyle. And she's really into balance as well. She posts such amazing recipes on her Instagram. You guys need to check her out. Um, what, how do you how do you say your Instagram name? Because it's I, I know your name's Lauren, but it's Lo, is it Lowe's Healthy Life? Yes, exactly. or Everyone asks me that all the Lowe. time. I'm like, honestly, I should probably change that because people think it's Lowe's, which honestly, I probably would too. Lowe's. It's just Lowe's. Yeah. That's what everyone calls me, like instead of Lauren. So Lowe's Healthy yeah. Life, yeah. But it's spelled L-A-U-S. Yeah. I can yeah. add the apostrophe into my Instagram. I get it. I get it. Okay. So it's uh, Lowe's, L-A-U-S underscore healthy underscore life. You guys need to go check her out. Her recipes are incredible. Like pre- get prepared because you're going to be drooling. And like I'm looking right now and everything's just like so fall themed. and I just want everything. Oh, so Mimi, you're so sweet. Honestly, I absolutely love following you. And I've listened to your podcast. I think I found you after you might have done like a 30 takeover. Like is that you've done a 30. 30- oh, the 30. Yeah. yeah, I did their takeover. You found me through them. Yes. And I honestly like it was like instant obsession. I loved everything oh you God. posted. I started binge listening to your podcast and it's amazing. Like I Thank I just so love much. everything that you're about. So I'm so happy to be finally connecting with you. I know, me too. And I'm so excited as well because like I love your content too. You have such you know, epic content. I watch your stories. Like I was telling you before we were recording, I watch your stories every day. Oh You're one of the only people that I haven't muted. Oh my God, <laughs> so honored. That is so sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to get into your story. I want to get into what really fascinated you with health and, you know, healing naturally. Did you ever go through any health issues yourself before going into studying naturopathy or have you kind of experienced anything in life that really triggered this love for natural medicine or has it always just been an interest of yours? Well, I feel like kind of to backtrack a bit to our talk before about like Western medicine, um, whenever I started um, going through puberty, things were changing. And 
that's when I feel like I started becoming definitely more body conscious and like started maybe restricting some of the foods that I was eating and just becoming more aware of how I looked. And at first it was definitely nothing unhealthy. It was probably normal. I just actually cared about what I was eating a bit more, but then it became more of a restrict restrictive obsessive mindset. And it ultimately, I think, I mean, this is just my hypothesis, but I think that that mindset is what led to a lot of my health issues because I ended up getting IBS, like irritable bowel syndrome. So I had a lot of digestive digestive issues throughout my teen years and then into my 20s. And I was actually diagnosed with ADD as well, attention deficit disorder. Whenever I was kind of older, I was in my late, late teens when I was diagnosed. But it kind of all tied together, I think, because it's like I couldn't focus on school or anything like that because I was so obsessed with my body, what I was eating, and like this image of perfection and trying to be like just the perfect human. And it just kind of overtook me and I think led to like a lot of my health issues down the road. So whenever I was going to like my regular medical doctor for my IBS for example, they were like, honestly, you can eat more yogurt because that has probiotics and here's a laxative to help you go to the bathroom. But that's basically all we can do for you. And this is just something that you're going to have to live with. So that was probably the first event where I was like, okay, there has to be something more. Like, I don't believe that I'm going to have to live with this forever because that was really affecting me mentally too. Like when you wake up every day and you're just feeling bloated and tired and fatigued and you just don't feel good in your body. You don't want to do anything. You're so like, at least for me, I was super unmotivated and I just had a really hard time getting up out of bed because I felt so shitty. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I felt. Oh, we can swear on here. Yes. And that's not even swearing. That's like a weak swearing. (laughs) I just wanted to confirm, but yeah, I just really didn't feel good in my body. So it was hard to motivate myself. Um, And I just didn't want to believe that that was going to be the rest of my life, that that was going to be something that I have to deal with the rest of my life. So I ended up going to see a naturopathic doctor. I had no idea what they did. I had no idea if they were actually going to be able to help me. But it honestly was life-changing. And just like these little – I only was on like a few supplements at the time and they made a few tweaks to my diet and just – they really educated me on – digestive health and how to have like a healthy digestive system. And by doing that, and I ended up cutting out gluten at the time as well, that completely changed my life. Like I, my digest, like, and yeah, I still have the odd flare now, now and again, especially when I get stressed, but it's nothing like it used to be. And I like rarely would ever wake up anymore with a sore stomach. Um, whereas that was my reality every day. So I feel like that was the first event that really got me interested in the power of naturopathic medicine in particular, and then ultimately like the health and wellness space and all that it has to offer, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it completely makes sense. And I honestly feel, Lauren, like so many women especially, you know, get into health because of their own body image issues from being like a teenager. Like a lot of my friends that are into health – you know, a lot of the people that I know and that, you know, I follow on socials and stuff, they initially get into it because they want to lose weight or, you know, want to look a certain way. And like, for me personally, I've had that experience too. Like I really started getting into health, um, in my teen years when I was like, Oh, like I want to look a certain way. And it, it really just started as something really, 
you know, materialistic almost. And I don't know if that's the right word, but something just not as deep. And uh, then that evolved into this big love for health that I, I now have because I've realized how amazing it makes me feel and how much it affects my my life and as a whole, you know? So it's so interesting to hear that. Like, I feel like so many women go through the exact same thing. And that's incredible how you've really been able to pretty much heal yourself naturally. And with all these chronic diseases, like, you know, and, and IBS and stuff like that, that's really, you know, it's crazy how so many doctors don't link that to the food you're eating. Like your gut is literally processing food every single day. And it's like, obviously that makes sense that it's the food you're eating that is causing certain things and agreed with you on the whole gluten thing. I feel way better cutting that out too. So what are your like top health principles? Like what are some, you know, things that you really live by that you, that you swear by? I know the no gluten thing you mentioned, but is there anything else? Um, that's a really good question. I feel like not necessarily related to food. I can talk about like some food stuff in a little bit too, but ultimately, and I know you talk about this a lot too, I swear by changing your mindset. I think that is honestly totally. And I think it's so overlooked, even in so many different diet plans and everything. It's like, okay, a diet might work for you for however long, but honestly, if you're miserable doing it, you're going to stop it eventually. And why be miserable during the journey? Because I honestly have come to believe that I think the journey is the best part, you know? So if you can change your mindset to just be more positive in general, and I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. It's so much easier said than done. And I feel like some people out there might be like, oh, okay, like just brush it off. But it really is so important and it takes a lot of work and a lot of consistency to change. But I think that is like the biggest thing that can change your life, you know, and then everything else can fall into place when you have your mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And like our, our minds literally affect the cells in our body, like how we think, it it literally affects our, our physical body. And I know that's just, and there's science behind it. It's an actual scientific, it's not that woo-woo, you know, no. like uh, new age stuff. It's actually true. It affects, like there is a gut-brain connection. And then there's also like, I obviously won't explain it as well as, you know, the, the, the like researchers and, and scientists out there, but there's literally like what we think affects every single cell in our body. 100%. Like it's so fascinating. And okay, so how have you overcome like your mental barriers? Because like, I love talking about this. How have you overcome your, your, you know, negative mentality towards yourself, towards your body, towards food? Like, what are some tips and tricks? Like, did did it take a long time? How long did it take? Tell me everything. I feel like it definitely didn't take necessarily a long time. I feel like putting a good year, I guess that could be a long time for some people. But after struggling with Because in particular, I struggle with binging a lot and I struggled with that for years. And I honestly never thought I was going to come – like when I was stuck in that cycle, I never thought I was going to come out of that. So a year to kind of get out of it completely seemed like nothing. But maybe to some people that seems like a long time. But I it did probably take about a good year to officially get out of it. And it was just – I tried so many different things and I think – that's something that I say now is it is a lot of trial and error, which 
is hard because everyone is just so different. And the reasons for why somebody might be binge eating or have an eating disorder or something like that could be so different from the next person. And for me, I think it was ultimately just not having my mindset in the right place. And I was doing a lot of comparison to other people and just a lot of societal pressures was, I think, what led me to my eating issues. But that, again, could be so different for the next person. So when it came to addressing my issues, I had originally tried like talking to a professional and like seeing a professional and stuff. And while I know that that is honestly life-changing for some people, like going to a therapist, it just for some reason at that time didn't resonate with me and I wasn't getting anywhere. I mean, that might've been different if I was seeing them more than once a week or more regularly. But what I started doing was just doing so much research, looking up different books to read and really throwing myself into the self-development world. Because my main issue of getting out of addressing my health issues started with addressing my binge eating. That was my biggest thing. So I read the book Brain Over Binge and that just gave me a completely different perspective on my binge eating, um, which I think was a catalyst in to the make helping me make the changes that I needed to make. So that was the first book I read, but then I also really got into like more spiritual books. Like I love Eckhart Tolle. Um, and more recently I started um, getting into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. With um, so yeah, he, he is honestly amazing. I wish I had him when I was going through this. Like I wish I had his resources and his information, but I didn't. Uh, but listening to him now, and I recently got a few of his audiobooks that I've been listening to. Um, and I'm obsessed. He has so much knowledge and like, I just feel like he provides so many insights to different things that I never thought about. So I just feel like getting those resources and just doing like that, like my own you did the work yourself. Work yeah. Was really- yeah. And again, that's not necessarily what everyone needs, but it was re- really worked for me. Like I felt like I had got myself into this issue. Like I could get it out. And another thing that I really focused on was looking at my bin beating and like anything that I wanted to change as a bad habit because it's so easy. Not it's not so easy to break a bad habit, but it's a lot easier to think of uh, stopping binge eating or something like that when you think of it as a habit versus like a disease or an illness or something that you're going to have to live with for the rest That's of your such life. Such a you good know what I mean? point. Just seeing it as something that is not permanent. That is such a good point. And honestly. I can relate to you so much. Like I've been there as well. Like I think, you know, a lot of the people listening right now have probably struggled a lot with, with binge eating. And, you know, it's, it's something that just happens to a lot of us. And yeah, I I can totally relate also with the therapy thing. Like I've tried therapy ages ago. I was like quite young when I did it and it just didn't really work for me either. So I think it really just depends on the type of person. And if you feel like you really need, um, you know, someone to keep you accountable, uh, you know, obviously therapist would be great. But if you also are passionate enough to do the work yourself and, and driven enough to do it yourself, like, you know, there are so many resources out there. There are audiobooks, like actual books, go to the library if you don't have a lot of money. Like you can do so much in, in this day and age. It's such an incredible blessing. So yeah, I, I think that's so commendable. Do you ever still struggle with it? Like, do you notice 
you ever get like those urges anymore. Cause like, I feel like when I'm in a really low place mentally, like I'll sometimes get the urge and like, it will only be really healthy food if I overeat it. Cause I'm just like, that's something I've really, you know, ingrained in my mind that like healthy food is, is what I want to eat, but like overeating healthy food isn't necessarily healthy either. So like, do you ever go through that too? Or, or it's just kind of stopped since you've gone through the transformation? I know exactly what you mean because I definitely, when I'm overwhelmed or stressed, honestly, my first instinct is to kind of turn to food because that was always my comfort for so long. But I feel like it's very different now. Like even if I, I do definitely sometimes overeat, but I never get to the point of binge eating anymore, if that makes sense. Like, and I never have the desire to do it. It It's even weird for me to talk about sometimes because I genuinely feel like that was another person that did that because I don't know. I just feel like I can't believe that I put myself through totally. that sometimes. It's like kind of sad to look back on, but also really incredible to look back on and, and see how far I've actually come. But no, I definitely still have times where I overeat or times where I want to overeat, but it doesn't go to the extreme binges that I used to have because I would full on binge eat in the past and it was just really unhealthy. And now too, I also, I don't beat myself up in the same way. If I do overeat, I just kind of am like, you know what, maybe my body needed it that day. And that's why I did it. And tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to move on and it's going to be okay. So I, I let go of a lot of like the guilt and shame that I would have attached to overeating or binge eating because that was a huge thing whenever I was struggling with it is that you feel so horrible about yourself afterwards or I mean at least I did but I think that's pretty common when you um binge eat to feel that way or even overeat sometimes 100% yeah me too the exact same thing and I think that's the most powerful thing of all you know, when recovering from some sort of disordered eating or anything negative, you know, it's it's more about the bounce back, right? And I always talk about this in my podcast. Like, it's like, how quickly can you get out of that? You know, it, sometimes it's inevitable that those thoughts might creep back in. You know, it's not realistic to be 100% perfect, but, you know, how fast can you bounce back and get back to like that loving, caring mentality towards yourself? Also, something else that's super interesting, I actually interviewed Marissa Pierre, who's like a leading uh, hypnotherapist uh, globally, and she's huge. Yeah. So she said that whenever you have a, a craving to binge, just tell yourself as many times as you need to say, I am enough. And like, I know it sounds super like deep. It's like, I'm enough. But like, Literally, I do that sometimes whether I have like a negative thought or I want to like overeat or like mindlessly eat. I'll say to myself in my head like I'm enough and like that love towards yourself, you know? Yes, for sure. Affirmations are so powerful. But again, something that I find I overlooked for a long time, just not thinking that they were going to work or something. But it's like, no, you actually have to do these things and they work. You just have to be consistent and practice them regularly. Yeah, the consistency is pretty much everything. And like with everything in life, you know, it's it's really about the consistency. People, you know, as human beings, we love that idea of like instant gratification of like doing a few things, you know, or something a few times and, you know, seeing results. But at the end of the day with anything in life, with, you know, your health, your body, your relationships, your business, money, it's all about consistency. Like you can't just do something once and expect it 
to change. And that's something that it's just the, the cold, hard truth. And it sucks. We just need to realize it. But yeah, with everything, it's all about that compound effect, that consistency. 100%. I completely agree. But it's like sometimes the hardest part, hardest thing to do exactly. is be consistent. I love instant gratification. Like if you could tell me right now that if I just sat down and did X amount of work on this project, it would earn me a million dollars. Like obviously I would do it. But, you know, people don't you, – you can't be told that information. So. <laughs> no, you can't, unfortunately. Maybe someday, but not not in this era, I guess. Amazing. So let's talk about food because I know we're both such foodies. And literally on your Instagram, yeah. like, it's a joke how amazing all of your healthy recreations are and all that stuff. Like, what's your favorite thing to make at the moment? Like, what are some food hacks and just, like, healthy alternatives that you love to make? You know, I, I think a lot of people listening right now, you know, they're a lot, they're very health conscious, but how do you make healthy food so delicious? Well, first of all, thank you so much. That is such a huge compliment because food is obviously one of my main, main passions in life and making it healthier is another one. Um, but something that I use in a lot of my recipes is like a monk fruit erythritol sweetener. Uh, it's called Lacanto, but I bake with that all the time. And I swear that that stuff makes like, because it's like a sugar alternative, but it's more natural. It's not like sucralose or aspartame or anything. Um, and it bakes really well. So I feel like I can replicate a lot of common sweets with that. And then just kind of using healthier ingredients and experimenting is one of my favorite things. So like for example, I'll use a lot of almond flour or coconut flour in place of regular flours. And I love to take like even my mom's old recipes in particular, because I think that's where my love of cooking started or baking in particular started because my mom was always a huge baker, but she didn't necessarily bake like healthy things. So I love taking her old recipes and then just seeing like what ingredients they used and maybe instead of butter, I'll try coconut oil in it. And then instead of like the regular flour, I'll use almond or a mixture of almond and coconut flour or something like that. And actually recently I started baking, I've been baking a lot with cassava flour, which is a root, not a grain or anything. So it's good for paleo baked good and stuff. And it bakes really well um, when compared to regular flour. So that's something that I've been loving. Um, and I'm trying to think what else I use a lot of coconut oil in my baking, a lot of like grain free flours, like the almond, coconut and cassava, um, and then trying to think what else, but I just love to experiment and a lot of things don't turn out. So the stuff that I post on my page is usually after a lot of trial and error, but then when I find that golden combination, it's usually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a, I didn't even think about it that way. You probably go through so many wasted recipes. Like what do you do when a recipe fails? Like, do you just throw out that food? It's really unfortunate, but if, if it's kind of, if it's at least palatable, like if I can justify it, yeah. it, I will save it. But there's honestly even a handful of times where it's just really not good and I have to throw it out and it's so unfortunate, but luckily that doesn't happen too much where I have to throw it out. I'll at least eat it. And my boyfriend, Jay, he eats anything. So <laughs> he's pretty good to eat that kind of stuff that doesn't work out. And he still tells me it's good, but I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my God. That is so funny. Do you have more of a sweet tooth or a savory tooth? Oh, 100% sweet tooth. That was like, I've always had a sweet tooth, like since I was super young. And I think that's why I have a sweet tooth is because like it really goes to show how much food actually is comfort (laughs) because, sorry, that is my dog. Oh, Leo. (laughs) I'm trying to make him be good right now, but he's he's a little puppy still so we're working on it but um I lost track of what I was saying sweet what was I saying oh yeah um from like a young age I feel like my Grammy and my mom and everyone loved to bake so that is I think where I got my sweet tooth because I had such a good childhood so now when I eat sweets it kind of like makes me just feel really good you know what I mean yeah, totally. Um, yeah, honestly, your stuff is so, so amazing. So what do you – talk me through like a typical day in Lowe's life, what you eat in a day when – you like, in a perfect world, what would you eat in a day? Like if you have all your favorite recipes prepped and everything. Okay, so in a perfect world, which is definitely different than everyday life because things get busy, but ultimately – I try to I try to stick to these principles throughout most of my day, um, most days, just because I know that that's what makes me feel best. So I have dabbled with the intermittent fasting thing before, and it's I've loved it. Like it's felt really good, but I also go through phases where it doesn't really work for me because I wake up so hungry, and if I have to go to school that day or if I'm having a long day, that's just not really reasonable to have like my stomach growling all morning. Uh, so I haven't really been doing that, but I do that a couple times a week usually, um, just not every day. So I wake up and I love having kind of like my own version of a bulletproof coffee. I don't do like a ton of fat. Like I don't do like two or three tablespoons of fat, but I'll do like a teaspoon or two of coconut oil uh, blended in my coffee. Sometimes I'll throw some Ceylon cinnamon in there, which is good for blood sugar regulation. And I find that that just helps keep me really satiated through the morning, especially if I'm not overly hungry and I have an early morning at school and I just have to get on the go. I'll take that with me. And then whenever I do have like my first real meal of the day, I love starting it with protein and fat in particular. I usually, I have actually been adding, more complex carbohydrates into my diet recently and it's been feeling really good so I've just been kind of going with it but I do focus on a good source of protein which in the morning is usually eggs for me because I love having eggs um and then a good source of healthy fats which might be like almond butter or like I literally will eat almond butter like a tablespoon of almond butter or two or take like Same. a <laughs> so good it's so good or even coconut butter uh, warm coconut butter melted. So it's just, good. It, it tastes like almost like icing to me, but then maybe my taste buds are a little different than the average person. Oh my God. But, don't, don't you think like our taste buds change? Like I oh. remember like when I was a teenager, I didn't like, like I didn't love the taste of healthy food. Like I do now, like I crave it now. Oh, I completely agree. Even like fruits and vegetables. Like I find mm-hmm. Sounds weird to somebody maybe that's used to eating like candy and stuff all the time. And I used to be addicted to candy, like gummies. But now, like lately, I've been obsessed with dried mango, which, yes, it still has sugar, but it's like a mango. So it's at least coming from a real food source and it's not like completely processed. And I just find it actually tastes amazing. 
It's so sweet. And I just yeah, love it. So good. Well, even like fruits and vegetables just taste different to me now. Yeah. It's so think, crazy. Yeah. Okay. I think you're taking So you'll eat, so you have your bulletproof coffee and then you'll have either eggs or, you know, some sort of fat or protein. Um, and then what do you have for lunch? And do you snack or do you have like three meals a day? Um, it kind of depends. In a perfect day, I probably wouldn't snack. Um, or if I did, I might just have like an apple or like a piece of fruit. Again, this is kind of like new introducing more fruit and carbs into my diet. Because if you asked me this time last year, I was pretty, pretty more of like a keto diet, which I know is actually similar to you because you did keto in the past. Too. Oh my God. We're no, th- we're the exact same last year. I was like low fruit. And then this year I'm like fruit. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I slowly started experimenting with it. Not that I was like scared to eat fruit, but honestly for a long time, I just was like, Oh, it's still sugar. It's still sugar. And yes, it's still sugar, but it's, it's not that your body can't utilize it. You know what I mean? Like it can still be a good source of nutrition. So I have been loving like apples or just a piece of fruit if I want to snack on something. Um, And then lunch is kind of like, I think at the end of the day, most of my meals are focused around protein and fat. And then if I feel like I need a bit more substance, I'll add some carbohydrates in, like whether that's like some roasted sweet potato or um, even like I have actually been eating a bit of rice lately and I've been feeling good from it. So I'm just kind of going with it. I love to use my own body as like a test dummy kind of as experiment with things and see what feels good. And like right now I've just been loving the carbohydrates really. So yeah, you get cravings sometimes. And I think listening to our bodies is the most important. Like, you know, I've been really craving green apples lately. So I'm having like a big green apple a day now and I feel great about it. But then like the other day I had like a bit more fruit than I'm usually used to. And I got a bit of a headache. So I was like, okay, maybe next time I don't eat like three servings in one sitting, you know? So I think it's just really figuring out what what works for your body. And, you know, it, I, I agree. Yeah. This is the thing. I don't know if you feel the same, but I'm like so mentally torn still. I'm still trying to, I'm trying to find balance between the two, but I'm still a bit mentally torn. Like, is it paleo that's best for us or like, or is it, or by paleo, I mean, is, you know, good quality meat and good quality eggs and, you know, lots of vegetables and low fruit, but not, that's not paleo. That's like, that is paleo, but a different version. Right. Is that the ideal diet or is the ideal diet like more of a plant-based, like a lot of veggies, as much fruit as you want, like, but more unadulterated, you know, uh, like just whole foods, like which one? And I know they're quite similar, but I just like, I'm, I'm still deciding, like, I don't know which one, because there's so many professionals that say that, like, eating more of a lower carb diet is best. And, you know, eating, you know, high quality meat and stuff is best. And I still like, I'm kind of in between both of them still. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I know exactly what you mean. And honestly, I think it can be really challenging to navigate the health and wellness space sometimes, because there are so many strong and different opinions out there. It's kind of, I feel like I've been actually talking about this a lot lately because I don't know if you watched that new documentary, The Game Changers on Netflix. Did you? Yes. What do you think about this? Tell me everything. Okay. Well, honestly, I'll tell you the pros that I think they did really well on from that documentary is encouraging people to eat more fruits and vegetables, whole foods, plant-based. I think that's amazing. And I don't think you can honestly go wrong with promoting that. But what I have an issue with is making people think 
that there's only one diet that is perfect for all of the human race because I do not agree with that at all. And I think that that's where I have an issue with and that's where it can be hard because there is so much contradicting evidence out there and even the evidence that they presented in that Netflix documentary, a lot of it wasn't necessarily relevant um, I don't know. I don't, I try to be careful when I talk about this because I commend people who are vegan. I think it's amazing if it works for you and you feel good doing that. But I also know that I've definitely dabbled in that and I've experimented and it really didn't work for me. And my body actually feels really good off like good quality animal proteins, like grass fed beef. I eat almost always around my period and it really helps with my PMS. So there's like stuff like that that I I wouldn't necessarily myself give up meat. And I don't think – I don't love when documentaries or different professionals try to scare people away from eating meat and make it seem like it's this bad thing because at the end of the day, you can find research on both ends of the spectrum. You know, there's tons of research out there on like uh, – there's more evidence coming out about like even keto, for example, but then – there's other people in the plant-based world and vegan world that completely disagree with keto. So I think it's hard, but ultimately what I don't like about that film was that it feels like a lot of scare tactics were used and not necessarily validated research. Like the whole blood vial of the people that eat like a KFC chicken burger or something versus like a vegan, it just... I don't know. I've never heard of that being used as like a valid research test. And also too, why not compare a grass-fed steak or free-range chicken to a vegan diet? You know, like that's where I have the issue because obviously anything's going to look better when you compare it to like processed meat that's that's just not even like high quality. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I wish there was an actual big universal test on you know, people eating a plant-focused diet with, um, you know, really high-quality animal proteins and animal products integrated into that diet. Maybe we could do one test with including high-quality dairy and then one test that's just meat and no dairy. Um, And, like, but minimal, like, you know, 80% plants and then, like, 20% animal protein because that's kind of what so many people are saying is such a healthy diet. So I would love to see a test on those compared to, a fully plant-based diet yes. that is not full of processed food. Like I, I want to see the tests when it's like, we're not talking processed because there are so many people that have turned vegan that feel freaking amazing. But it's like by going vegan, they've also, you know, cut out all the processed food they were eating because there's, you know, there's eggs or dairy in those processed foods. And it, just naturally they feel better because they're eating a whole food diet. So I, I wish there was a real test that, and it sucks because we, it's not really like ethical. We can't really test all this on humans. Right. Yeah. Like, and yeah. So uh, hopefully in our lifetime, uh, we'll figure it all out, but you know, I, I think we're doing pretty good. I think so too. And I think that'll come because I think there's a lot of that's the thing. A, a lot of people do feel better going vegan because if you're going from like the standard American diet to any sort of diet, I think you're going to probably feel better because that's not a very healthy diet. Like if you're eating fast food all the time and then you start eating so many more vegetables, you're going to feel better. But that's not to say that you wouldn't feel better if you started eating a lot more vegetables with some high quality meat every now and then. Do you know what I mean? 
Totally. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, this has already been like, I can't believe how quickly this episode's gone by. I've had such a nice time talking to you. Um, I like to ask my guests one question at the end of the podcast. And, you know, I'm obsessed with morning routines and I love hearing how people prime themselves for the day. So my question for you is if you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed one morning, what do you do that ensures that you'll bounce back and have an epic day? Like, is there a routine or like some things you can do in the morning if you have the time that really just change your state and just put you in the best mood possible? hundred percent. And I have to say, there's like a couple things that I would do if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, which definitely happens every now and then because I'm a normal human. Um, but what I really try to do is get a big liter of water in usually warm water with a bit of lemon, just cause that makes me feel really good. And then I always will get some sort of movement in whether like that might not be a huge intense workout, but even just like a walk outside or even some stretches in my living room, just honestly, I think one of the biggest things that I can do to change my state is moving my body because that's what your body was made to do and that's what it wants to do. And I think with so many of us having desk jobs or being students and we're sitting all the time, we don't necessarily get that movement in as much. So just starting my day with some sort of movement and it's hard on the days that you don't feel your best. I know that, but honestly, I feel like it's a huge game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally Totally agree. It's, it's huge. Even just like going on a walk, you know, it doesn't have to be something super intense. And honestly, sometimes I don't feel, I feel more tired if I do a super intense workout. It could just be like a little YouTube video, Pilates or bar class. I recently been just like YouTubing different videos and Mm -hmm. doing like 10 or 15 minutes. And just that, even in the middle of the day, Um, because a lot of times I'll be home at lunch. I will just do that. And I find I just get a huge spurt of energy afterwards. Even if it's the last thing that I wanted to do, I just feel so much better after I've actually done it. Totally agreed. Well, thank you so much, Lo, for coming on. Where can everyone find you on socials? Well, thank you so much for having me, Mimi. This has been so much fun and I love your vibe. But at my Instagram account, Lowe's, L-A-U-S underscore healthy underscore life and also at my blog lowshealthylife.com